Welcome to Everything House Music and More, and my special guest today is the First Lady. First Lady, how you doing today? I'm doing blessed and highly flavored. All right, highly flavored. I like that. I like that. So how have you been? I've been good. Uh, you know, COVID was... Right. You know, she's a she's a hateful bitch. But, um, <laughs> f- for me, my life didn't change too much because okay. I was working from home anyway. And I I enjoy being at home with my family. Good. And, you know, my husband's my best friend. So we right. was kicking it like we always We're do. Good. That's what you I'm know. talking about. So are, are you ready for this? I I think so. OK, so let's get into it. Here we go. Chrissy, mm-hmm. where did house music culture start for you? Um, I, I started. DJing before house music started. So I started in 1980. So it didn't actually start for me. Okay. As it started, I was right there with it. So you was in the culture already. So right, I was already a part of already a part of the culture. Okay. So you seem to be down with two underground promotion crews back in the day, Gucci and Waterwall Sound mm-hmm. and Chicago Bad Boys. Mm-hmm. What was the time like being involved at that level? Um, actually wall to wall sounds was the first, uh, crew that I was with because I, at the time I was dating Steve Poindexter and he's, okay. he's actually the person that taught me how to DJ. Oh, okay. He was the one that, uh, I was interested, you know, I knew I learned early in life, uh, that the way to a man's heart was through his hobbies. Okay. When, you know, the way through man's heart is through his stomach. No, it's through his hobbies <laughs> because if okay. you can do what he enjoys, then right. He's going to want you to be around more. Right. So the DJing party, well, it was interesting to me how they could go from one song to another song and still keep the beat. Right. So I started actually asking questions. Okay. And that's when he started showing me. Oh, and okay. one, time, one time he came home and I was already at his house. Right. And I was in his room playing on his equipment. Wow. Trying to make sure, okay, now is this, this is what he said, do. And that's when he knew I was serious. And so he started showing me even more. So oh, nice. I started going to um, uh, the parties. It was him and uh, John Hunt, who right. called Buster back then, right. um, and Kim, Ken Samuels. Okay. Um, and so we would be there. And that's when I started learning about a little bit more about the equipment right. and about what the parties were about. Because at that time, I mean, I'm 13, 14 years old. I only parties I had been to were family birthday parties and right. stuff like right, that. Right, 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 So this was new for me. Okay. So he taught you how to DJ. Yeah. Now, do you remember what record you practiced on at that time? Uh, the two that I remember, uh, actually was three. Uh, Let's Start to Dance. Bohannon, uh, right. And uh, Get on Up and Do It Again. And uh, Salsa Rhapsody. Uh, so, oh, okay. Those were the three okay. that, that, that stick out the most. Okay. All right. So you went to Wendy Young High School and you were a Mendo cheerleader. I went to South Shore my freshman okay. year. Okay. Holy Name Cathedral my sophomore year. The Academy of Performing Arts, which is now Shy Arts, my right. junior year. Oh, wow. And Whitney Young, my senior year. Okay. And I, I, I became a middle cheerleader when I was going into my junior year. Wow. So you really was in the epicenter for house culture. Yes. Tell us what was the scene like in your terms of parties, music, and fashion? Uh, at that point? Yes. Uh, let's see. So, of course, your Levi's. 
Oh, for jeans. Yeah, that was a five or ones or something like that. Um, no, it was just your, your, the five or ones hadn't even came out yet. Okay, uh, your Sergio Valentes, your, right. your for for women, right. your Gloria Vanderbilt, your Calvin Klein's, um, Izod Polo, right. Um, Coach, right? Coach was a big thing. I remember me and this girl Monica. Oh, I can't remember Monica's name, but we used to take men's ties, right? And we would wear them around our waist, and we tie them like a man ties, and not right. a necktie, but we right. would wear it as a belt on our jeans. Okay. Which, in retrospect, looked kind of weird now that I think back on it. Because right. When you're right. dancing, you got this thing <laughs> flipping up. But right. We thought. Oh, you right. could tell us nothing. nothing. Um, of course, the penny loafers, right. uh, K-Swiss, yep. tree torns, all those things. Um, uh, that was that was it. That, right. that was if you had those things, you you were on point. And of course, you you if you had a Gucci bag back then, right? You you know you were next level. Oh yeah, you, you know Gucci and Louis Vuitton and stuff. That was next level because it was Coach that you remember you had right, to have the coach. tag. You right. had to have the Coach tag. Yep, yep. And I remember people would go into Marshall Fields and 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 Carson's and they would steal Still the Coach the tag. tags. Right. I remember. Oh, I remember. I wanted um, a Kelly Green Izod shirt, and at that time they were like. $45 and that was expensive back then. Right. And um I asked my mother for an advance on my um on my allowance and she was like no. So I was like forget it. So I went to whatever knockoff store and I got a Kelly Green uh pullover, polo right. pullover and I cut the uh Izod out of <laughs> one of my old, old shirts. Ones, right. And I put it on but so I put it on the it. wrong side. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh wow. I Did they know? Never they knew. Let me huh? see. Everybody okay. else in the line had it on the right, right. side. He is mine on the wrong side. But you should say you got yours from Europe. See, well, was... <laughs> I didn't know those lines then. See, right, I, right, I, I, right. They didn't couldn't just fall out of my mouth like right. that. So, but uh, yeah, that was. I was like, oh man. All right. So during that time, what music was was very popular at the time you was listening to? Ooh, um, punk out. Punk okay. out was was. Um, so name me something so people know what punk out really means. M- Mesopotamia, the B fifty two stuff. B fifty two, right? Um. Uh. Devo. Okay. You know. Right, right. Uh, Rock Lobster, Rock all that Lobster, stuff. Like that. Uh, um, Whippet. Right, right. work. Um, wow. You know, uh, Numbers. Yeah. That was... Uh, so at that time, music. so they, they was playing that and then disco and how was that at the same time? Right. So you... And you still um, get your black music. Right. Because so, I never called it disco or I just called it black music. It was right. black, black, black artists. Right. You know, so it was that mixed in. And then... Uh, I remember like Spandau Ballet. Right. I remember that and um, Tears for Fears. And so I remember all of this music being a part of what was in the crate. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was no, um, you know, time to jack. There was right, no right, right. music is the key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no it was all before move then, yeah. your body. This right. was in the, this 1980, 1981. Right. So he was playing like wording, rapping hood and yes. all that stuff like that. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Spies. Right, right. Yeah, that type of stuff. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So now comes the Fantastic Four. Yes. How did that form and what was that experience like? And explain what the Fantastic Four was. So, um, Around, I, I think it was had to be my junior year, so it had to be around eighty three. I'm I'm gonna say around eighty three. Right. Um, Steve 
had heard about C. Poindexter had heard about Wayne Williams giving this female DJ battle. Now, at the time, in the beginning, in in 1980, the only females that were playing, if right. first of all, you did, really didn't hear of any. It was just me and Lori Branch. Okay, that was it. There that was, was it. nobody else. Right. Celeste and everybody else came along later. Everybody after that. Um, right. and so. Uh, I had never played with any other females and he, and he was like, well, it's a DJ battle at first impressions. Okay. And so, and I want you to go down. I want you to be in the battle. And I was like, okay, right. you know, whatever. And so, uh, so now is this, the, is, is this, is the battle where you challenge Farley? Into, uh, no, into no, no, okay. no, no, no. Okay. So let's, no, let's no. do this. We'll story. Get to the Farley All right. Story. All right. Let's do this. First. But, um, no, it was, uh, me, Stacy Saxton. Okay. Uh, oh, wow. That's Angie Hurley. Right. And Celeste. Okay. Now, Lori was supposed to be at this particular one, but she wasn't. I don't know what she had to do, but she didn't make it. Right. Um, and so, at the end of the day, Angie Hurley was first. Okay. I was second. Stacy was third. And Celeste was fourth. Right. Now, it, Celeste would have maybe been second or third, but she picked the needle up off the wrong record. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a killer. Yeah. So, um, but at that party was uh, Steve Dore and Keith. What was Keith's last name? I can't remember. But they were Park Avenue Promotions. Okay. And um, they had this idea to form a female DJ group. Mm. Okay. So, kind of like a female hot mix five. Right, right, right. Was right. what their concept was. Okay. And so. Um, Originally, it was going to be the Fantastic Five. Okay. So it was going to be me, Celeste, and Angie Hurley. Right. Anybody who knows anything about the Hurley family, my sister could not stay out past the streetlights <laughs> came on. Angie had to be in the house. Right. So she became our honorary member because okay. she couldn't do any of the parties. Right. Um, so they also included Kenya Lenore, which was Ricky Lenore's little sister. Okay. And Berlando Drake who went by the name of Bird, Bird, who later on I found out was Hugo's cousin. Get out of here. But this was before I had met Hugo. Yeah, she did a lot of records with us too. Oh, yeah, we, we go into that Bird. later. Yeah, right. Um, that experience was was awesome because it was the first time that people going to parties saw women in control of the party, period. Right. right. Um, we weren't dancers. We weren't uh, coat check girls. We weren't taking the tickets or, or wow. giving money. We were actually... The reason you were there. Nice. And we packed these places. Sours, Sawyers, however you want to pronounce it. Right. I've always known it as Sours, which right. from my understanding is the correct pronunciation. Right. Um, uh, where else did we? Uh, Mendel. Right. Yeah. Mendel, come on. Yeah. So um, it was it was an amazing experience. But at the time, we didn't realize what we were setting up. Correct. Four. You know, had there been no Fantastic Four, would the thought have come for a Super Jane? Right. You know, they came along in like 95, 97. Yeah. This was 83 wow. that this was happening long epic. before they even, you know. Yeah, that was epic. So, but we didn't have marketing and branding right. like, like they did. So, right. you know, we had the posters and it didn't extend outside of the city of Chicago. Right. We played uh, Resurrection. Yeah. Um, and a couple of other places. Uh, as far as the female thing back and forth, Kenya and Bird from Westside, right. they were a little more, um, they were a little more passive. Yeah. They didn't, you know, they 
would rarely stand up for themselves. You know, right, so let's right. say I'm playing last. Yeah. I'm playing third. They were like, okay, <laughs> not me. I was like, now oh. everybody had their own style. Like the everybody Hobbit's had right, their right, own yeah. style. Okay. Um, I was like, uh, no, right. Uh, I'm not playing first. I played first last time. Right. So this rotation yeah. is going to happen. Wow. And so, um, but we didn't argue, she and I, but she, I think she gained a different kind of respect for me. Right. So um, I didn't get that kind of back and forth. I do remember her style was more um, like Frankie. Yeah. Because that was who she, who she um was with right. the majority of the time. In fact, Celeste was the person who took me to the, to the power plant because okay. I had never oh, wow. been there. So okay. she, she took me there um, for my 18th birthday. Oh, wow. Um, but I remember she did things like she would smoke and Ken right. would be like, Celeste, don't smoke on my, <laughs> don't smoke over my goddamn re- uh, uh, equipment. Don't get, no, you know, but the rest of us didn't, you know, right, didn't right, smoke. right. Kenya and Bird had their own style of what they played, which was really more along the lines of what was happening on the West Side. Right. I was playing more like Wall to Wall Sounds, like like yeah. what Steve Poindexter, yeah, Chip yeah. Beasley, right. um, uh, uh, Ferris, and them because right. this that was my crew. Yeah. Notice these are guys. Yeah. I didn't have. There were no girls. Yeah, for females me to around that time. With. Right. Um, but it was a great experience. It lasted for, I want to say maybe two years. Okay. And then um, it, it, I don't know why we disbanded. I'm right. not really sure. There was no issue right. between any of us, but we just kind of faded it, out. It just kind of faded out. Yeah. Um, and I was okay with it. Kenya and Bird, I'm not sure if they, I don't re- recall them continuing to play. Right. Um, they, you know, Bird was really into singing and yeah, she and came and like sang. That. She came on a, when we was of an ID production. Yeah, she and started so to sing with thing. us. Yeah. Um, and 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 Kenya was really into school. Of course, she did H. Right. Oh, right. You ass it. Yeah. You know. So, for me and Celeste, we continued with, with the DJing. Yeah. And um, sh- she was more underground. Right. You know. And I was. I don't want you to say above ground or commercial, <laughs> but I was more uh, along the lines that you would see me at a high school party. Right. You know, right. or at the candy store. Right. I'm sorry, the playground. Right. Then the candy store. So um, that that f- filtered out into something else. Now, the Farley story. Well, so, yeah. So you're known in Chicago for a story in which you challenged Farley to a battle. Tell us that story. So Steve and I were in the car. Steve Poindexter, right? He said, I bet you $10. You, we pulled up to the mansion. I, I think it was mansion two. Okay. He said, I'll, I bet you $10, I think it was $10, you won't go up to Farley and challenge him to a battle. Now, uh, not uh, finding out, not only was I the first person to ever challenge Farley right. to a battle, I was definitely the first female to do it. Right. And I think if I get the story right from Farley, he thought I was coming up to him and said, hey, Farley, how oh, you doing? Oh, you thought she was a groupie. Right. And I walked right up to him and said, your name Farley. And he said, yeah. I said, my name is Chrissy Hotmix. I'll battle you anytime, anywhere. I'm a better DJ than you. And I turned around and walked off. Okay. And it was people on the porch, you know, on the steps. And they was all like, you know, in in today's thing, well, damn. Right. You know, and um, we had this conversation, Farley and I, years later. And he said, 
I got to tell you, that shook me. <laughs> he said that was the first time anybody stepped to me like that. Right. And I and I felt bad. And I'm so sorry for Arlie because I, I know you didn't. You, you felt, felt good bad. at the time. No. I felt good because I got my ten dollars. Right, 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 right. And um, but I that was not my intent. Was not to 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 do that. I never want to. Um, uh, disrespect or hurt right, anybody's feelings. Right. But when he said that to me, he was like, "That I was." He said, "I was stuck for a minute." Yeah, you know. And uh, but I I love my brother Farley. Yes. And and while we're on Farley, I want to just get the Farley stories out all in a row. Okay. Um, something else that happened for that was when Farley and I first met. Okay. We became friends. I uh, became a little sister. Right. Uh, we were at. DJ International. Right. And this was after used by DJ. Hold on. Yeah, I, I want to ask you that. But meet. we'll go right, back to right, that. Right. Okay. Okay. So we're standing in the in you know the open space that was there when it was right there on, right. on Randolph. Randolph. We're standing in the open space. And so Farley at this point had moved from BMX to GCI. Right. And it was a Master Mix Six. And I said to Farley, another challenge. Farley, how come there's no women, uh, no female DJs on the radio? Right. And he said, uh, he had no answer. So he right. said, make me a tape. Ooh. And I said, okay. So two days later, he gets the tape. Right. He goes in to Lee Michaels, who's the program director, who was actually the person that started the Hot Mix 5. Correct. Okay. Uh, by the suggestion of uh, Mickey Oliver. Right. Okay. I want to get that story straight. Right. People are saying a whole bunch of other stuff. Okay. And Lee deserves his credit. Correct. So... Um, I guess Farley said to Lee, hey, I got this female, I want to put her on, blah, blah, blah. In the meantime, Julian Jumpin' Perez heard what Farley's uh, idea was. Right. So he went to Xavier Gold okay. and told Xavier, you know, make tape, blah, 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 uh, for BMX. Right. Well, Farley heard that Xavier, that, you know, he had found out. So right. Farley told Lee, let's put her on on Thursday. Ooh. Because... They didn't have that option on B, uh, B96 because they weren't on five days a week, like right. Hot Mix 5. So my mix played that Thursday, which made me the first female playing house music. So, uh, excuse me. B, uh, you, you mean GCI. B, no, you said B96. You mean BMX. BMX. I'm sorry. Yes, BMX. 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 Right. Um, uh, because I came on the day before her. Right. So... Um, that was the beginning of my wow. first. I don't remember Xavier being a DJ though. Um, I, I, you know, for a little while, I guess for yeah. a little while she was. I wow. always knew her as a singer. Yeah. But she came on on that Friday. Wow. Um, and so we became the first two uh, to do that. Fast forward. Um, that was my way into radio. That right. was my first into radio. Uh, then uh, a little later on. Uh, nope, I'm gonna say that story for later. Go back. Okay, Go ahead. so because that's going further. Right, right. That's going further. So right. We'll go back, we'll go back. So you were one of the first house music vocalists with that record used by a DJ by MK2. Mm -hmm. What year was that record, and how did it come about? Eighty-five. Eighty-five. Okay. Um, how it came about? That's Mark Belcher, correct? Mark Belcher and uh, Kelly Wright. Kelly Wright. And uh, we. Uh, how that came about was I was at Glenwood Skating Rink with, I was hanging out with E.T. Oh, my E.T. Eric Taylor. That was back when he had the little, uh, the little uh, car. The Escort little, GT. Yes. Yes. Infamous car. Okay. <laughs> so 
he said, hey, I'm going to go over uh, Mark Belcher's house and they're doing a record. And I was like, oh, okay. I was 18. I was like, right. okay. And again, this was right before I met Hugo. Right. So I was like, okay. So we go over there and uh, it's Mark, uh, Kelly, and Dean. Okay. Uh, what's Dean's last name? Dean Bowie. Okay, Dean Bowie. So Dean Bowie is the one that's actually doing the rap. Right. He took your love. So oh, right, 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 right. Dean. Okay. Okay, so Bambi, this chick named Bambi, uh, I Have a Dream Bambi. Right. She was supposed to sing it. Okay. And for whatever reason, she didn't. She mm. didn't show up or something. And so Eric E.T. says to Mark and Kelly, uh, Chrissy sings. And I was like. Now, was was the was the song already written? The song was already written. Okay, it was written. I okay. was like, no, my mother sings. Right. I just, like, sing along for fun. And they were like, yeah, yeah, that's all we need. Just right, right, sing right. this. Right. And so I did, and I didn't think any else, anything else about it. And the next thing I know, they were like, we need you to come down here to DJ International because we're going to sign a record contract. And Wow. Now, my mother had already was already kind of in the music industry. So, yeah. First thing she said to me when I said that to her was, don't you sign shit. You bring it home. Let me see it first. Right. I said, okay, this is, this is Rocky Jones, right? Yeah. So you ain't going to go in Rocky's office and say, oh, you got a contract? Okay, let me get it. Right. I'll bring it back. Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. Going doing that. So I bowed out. I said, I don't, I, I can't. My mom said I had, I was 18, right. but still, yeah. my mom said I had to bring it home. So I left out of the office and uh, Mark and Kelly signed right so i never signed anything with him i never signed a release for him to even release my There's, voice wow. on the record that's why my name is spelled wrong it mm. says chris c-h-r-i-s instead of k-h-r-i-s right. because i never signed anything now did you do shows anytime or oh of that time? okay okay so um what, what were they gonna say you can't no no no, no. my voice exactly I'm if i want to exactly um but yeah so that's how that that's how that came to be wow so what was it like being a DJ international artist at the time amongst K joy, Kevin Irvin, all the rest of the guys and females. You know what? Um, because I was a DJ, right. The artist part was secondary to me. Hmm. It was, it was not that it was unimportant, but it was secondary. It wasn't the driving force of, of my life. It was like, I did this song. Great. Uh, but from that, uh, I got to work with Mario Diaz. Right. To, we did a couple of songs together. And then I did one with a guy named Michael Griffin uh, called Close Your Eyes. That was on AKA Records. Okay. And, um, so never MK2 MK Part 2 uh, used we by never, DJ? We never, never went back. did any, anything else. Okay. Uh, wow. Although it was, it was funny because in the studio, uh, before we went to the studio, Joe Smoove right. was playing he was saying i don't want you to sing it like this i want you to sing it like this talking about the hook right he he re, he, he rearranged Re- things okay before we went into the studio and uh joe is i will say this about joe smooth he is the calmest yes he is most uh compassionate right person you know if if joe smooth gets upset World's fixing it. Yeah, because I, I never seen him. I've even, never, never seen him blow his. Never. never. He must do a lot of cocaine or something. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I'm playing, Joe. I'm just playing. <laughs> so, Chrissy, it seemed like you crossed from that scene out of nowhere into becoming a radio personality. When did you first start radio and how did you become first lady? Uh, okay, so I went to. I, I, while I was at. While I was DJing, I was going to Columbia College. Right. And Bonnie Deshong was my acting teacher. 
Oh, wow. Hey, baby. Okay. Bonnie Shaw <laughs> right. was my acting teacher. And I knew her from GCI. And she said to me, she said, you know, Chrissy, you're already got your foot in the door for radio. You're already in the building. Right. You should consider pursuing that as a job. And I was like, mm, no, you know, Herb Kent's my, 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 my godfather and my father and Herb worked together, electric crazy people. So I was familiar wow, with radio. Yeah, you, you had it in. So what year was this approximately? Um, uh, this was 1986. Oh, wow. And so... She um, she finally talked me into it, and so I started interning right. with with Lee Michaels, Jackie Hasselrig, Barbara Prieto, um, Sunny Sunny and Sunny Anderson came later. Oh, Sunny, I forgot Sunny's last name. Um, uh, so I got to be there with um, Bob Walls, uh, with Tom Joyner, with. Irene Mamacita Bojica, Chili Childs, LaDonna Tittle. I got to be there with them and I got to watch how radio was done. Right, right. And I was, but I was interning in programming. So I got to learn how programming was done. And and what I didn't know is that my life was being set up at that point Mm. where I was just thinking I was just doing something to be doing it. That was the stepping stone, the introduction to what would pivot my life in a whole nother direction. Absolutely. absolutely. So that's how, that's how, um, that's how that started. Wow. So you are award-winning music director and program director for radio. Mm-hmm. In your professional opinion, why do you think house never took hold with black radio across the country? Um, I think one of the biggest things is the programmers. Uh, Lee Michaels was a, he was a different kind of program director. Right. He took the time to see what was happening in the city that he was programming in. And so things were different then. So you didn't have this, this, these one, two, three or five corporations that were controlling everything. Right. You had individual, more individual ownerships and program directors had more freedom to play to the audience that they were actually serving. And house music was ours. And we embraced it at that time. What happened was, in my opinion, as um, companies started to gobble up black radio, they, first of all, house music, ain't nobody going to jail. Right. Ain't nobody talking about killing, killing, and and the you know misogynist and uh, uh, doing drugs and all. so there was really outside of for the music industry well you know right uh, right right and it was a, a very positive music and I just think they really didn't know what to do with it they yeah. didn't know how to promote it yeah um uh and programmers in Chicago. After Lee Michaels left, he he left and went to California to KMEL, yeah. and it was something different happening out there. So Correct. as a program director, he couldn't bring what he was doing in Chicago out there. Yeah, because that's he, San Francisco. That's San Francisco. Yeah. However, he could have taken because they 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 because they had a a a gay community out there right. that was playing the music. If he would have known that, perhaps he would have. Uh, uh, taking that out there. Um, I don't know that he did, but it yeah. wasn't successful if he if he did. Uh, but in New York, 
they they had their own style. So of course they ain't fixing the love up on Chicago. Right, 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 right. So it was really our responsibility to keep it going. And the more they brought program directors in that were not Not from from Chicago, Chicago, they they weren't homegrown, and they weren't focused on what we wanted. They were focused on what corporate was pushing down, which was what record labels was telling them. Elroy, Elroy Smith was one of those program directors, and kudos to him because a record promoter, a label, would come to to Elroy and say, yeah, we pushing this. Right. Elroy would take it, look at it, listen to everything and say, okay, that's cool. I'm playing this one. Yeah. And that's how it was. Right. And there weren't enough program directors out there like that. Yeah. And even today, they're not pro- though, program directors. A lot of them, they in the seat. They right. get their check. That's it. That's all they care about. They Going don't care the about next the one. culture. Right. There you go. I'm sorry. No. You just pushed. You just. No, no. I see you that. You pushed pa- the button. No. That, that's, <laughs> you pushed because the you, button. You're passionate about it. And I love that. <laughs> I love sorry. when people speak from the heart about that. So let me ask you this. Do you feel like Beyonce's previous album and tour would pave the way for house music being considered more black radio? Or is that just a one-off for Beyonce and house culture? What are we talking about? <laughs> Wait, say it again. The, I said, are you talking about this Renaissance tour? Yes. Do oh, you okay. feel like Beyonce's okay. previous album, which is Renaissance okay. right now, and the tour would pave the way for this house music and culture? It's funny because on the way here, Hugo and I were having this conversation. Now, I'm a diehard Beyonce fan. All right. And that's all I'm saying about that. Okay. okay so, um, but I think uh, he made some really good points that kind of changed my mind about okay. what I was originally thinking. I think that what she is doing is introducing it in a different way to um, a, a, a generation of people right. and another musical culture of people that weren't either weren't aware of it or right. they felt like it was a gay music or right. they felt like um, it was their mama's music right. or something like that. And they they didn't really understand it. So I appreciate artists like her, like Missy Elliott, yeah. like Queen Latifah, that, uh, like even Puffy's uh, uh, track that he did right. of them putting it out there. But what Beyonce did that Missy and Puffy and Latifah didn't do was she is continuing to push it for right. whatever. And she's saying it's house, for which what, is good. Yes, yeah. which is, you know, and she might have made some statements that might have been a little off kilter. Yeah, so that's what I'm about to ask but, you right now. So I, I, I want your opinion <laughs> on this because you, you, you're part of radio and everything else. She made that announcement that the queer community created the genre of dance and house. What are your thoughts on that since you one of the pioneers in this? I think that... Um, I first met Beyonce when she was, she had to be maybe 14, 15. This was when the uh, Say My Name. Uh, um, bills, say, bills, Bills, Bills. Bills, Bills, Bills. Yes. No, no, no. Right. First came out. I met them in New York. Uh, story with them. Told them about phone cards because Matthew wouldn't let them call their friends. Right. So I told them about phone cards. So they referred to me as the phone card lady. Right. <laughs> um, that's all right. I still, you know, the fact that they even remembered me all these years. Right. But um, clearly she wasn't a part of the culture. Right. And clearly whoever, whomever is in her small circle that feeds her the information at this point. Right. Um, gave her bad intel. Okay. Um, or slighted intel. Right. You know, cause there were, there were, uh, uh, Members of the queer community that did make house music, so you, right. you know, so, I mean, we never say in, they was yeah. part of so the culture. We never sense, saying that. In right. a sense, what she's saying is kind of right. There were members of, but there were more members uh, that are not in the queer community that 
made the music. Right. So if you you can't recognize, well, we only going back what she says. She, they the created the genre. They didn't create the genre. Okay. Um, so I think that for her, it's going to be hard for her to walk that statement back. Right. But she can do it. Whether or not she's interested in doing it is a whole nother thing. Now, uh, on the real, if I'm Beyonce and I'm in her shoes, I'm just, I'm squashing. I'm not saying anything else about it. Absolutely. I'm moving forward. And uh, I saw on social media, Chuck Roberts, the voice, right. had put up that she's using his voice in the beginning of the tour of the Renaissance tour. You know, nice. In the beginning, yeah. it was Jack. So that in itself, for me, um, it's not an apology, but it's an, a recognition. Right. Because Chuck's not... Right. The queer community right. uh, is a recognition. If anybody is to go back and look at that song. Right. Uh, oh, OK. So but what I do appreciate about what is happening is it's opening up conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it, it might be debate. Absolutely. But from debate. it Debate is the conversation. Absolutely. And, and I think that's great because, like I said, the kids nowadays is getting the, the term house music and at least it's putting into something. Right. And and they're talking about which I like so because without absolutely. them, without the next gen, for there to be no next generation, what we do dies out. Absolutely, and it just becomes oh, remember they had this? It was uh this music. Yeah. No, I want what what we've all collectively laid the foundation for. Absolutely, I want them to be talking about it and listening to it or for it for that little root to have grown into a whole tree of 50 60 other you know genres and other countries and other languages which it has done yes it has it it, it truly has and so that i I appreciate that part okay so i'm gonna ask you chrissy i asked your husband this chicago is known for its myths and beefs what chicago-based house beef or myth do you want to squash or correct past or present Myth or beef? You mean overall or one that I have with somebody? Let's go with what you have with somebody. You know what? Honestly, I don't I don't have any beefs of something that somebody did directly to me. Okay. Um that I and if I do, I have it really wasn't no beef because I can't remember it. Okay. Uh well. I wouldn't really say it was it's a beef, but okay. I would um I, I did read a couple of interviews okay. that Super Jane had given saying where uh it was said that they were the first female uh, house music DJ collective right. and blah blah blah. And um it no disrespect to the strides that they made, and Correct. I mean that, no disrespect, but when you take that global stage, make right. sure you know your own history. Absolutely. You know that you are not the one that laid the foundation. Do a little bit of research. And since you know you came into this game way after the rules had right. been written, right. find out, go back, do some research, ask some other female DJs that you know were playing long before you, when you were still in grammar school. Right. Ask them, hey, was there a that you all know of? Yeah. Yeah. And Absolutely. so, uh, and, and then... To continue right. to allow that to be out there. When you give interviews going forward, yeah. set it straight. Because when you when you uh when you delete my history, you deleting your own history. Absolutely. So don't do that. Yep. Say, you know, Super Jane, 
Uh, I love those sisters. They are the first that I know of that were diverse right. in 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 the in the matchup. Right. They can certainly claim that. Yes. They were the first to go uh, global. They can certainly claim that. They were the first to have major sponsorships. Yes. They can claim that, but you cannot claim you were the first. There you go. You cannot. Absolutely. That's what I'm talking about, Chris. But preach but I, it again. I love them, and it's and it's and, and it's. A big deal because they would be pissed right. if in 2025 another one came up and started saying they were the first. They Absolutely, would be the first to correct it. Absolutely, you know. So absolutely, but um, that's the only, and it's not a beef because right, right, right. it's just it's just a misinformation. A right, it's just it, like yeah. the Beyonce thing, right. bad intel. But once you know, you know, right. and going forward, correct it. Yes. because when you don't, you disrespect. The history. And you don't want nobody disrespecting yours. There you don't go. disrespect mine. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it from First Lady Chrissy, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Chrissy, tell us what's going on now. And also, this portion of this video is sponsored by, go ahead. Jam 98, Music right. for Your Soul. That's right. Digital uh, radio station that Hugo and I have. Uh, doing great. It's almost a year old. Um, and uh, we've got almost... Three million listening sessions. Beautiful. We play all genres of music, 70s, 80s, 90s, R&B, disco, soul, funk, uh, soft rock, Motown. You'll hear everything from Etta James to uh, Miley Cyrus nice. because it's about jams. There Corporate stations, they play the hits. hits. We play your jam. That's what you see in the back right now, y'all. So that's see. what you see yes, right that's now. That's what so. that is. Um, so download the app, uh, your smart device. Hold on, let me get my shameless plug out. Absolutely. Uh, download the app, <laughs> smart device, uh, tell Alexa to play Jam 98, uh, Spire TV Network, we're channel 980, that's on Roku, we're on Amazon Fire TV, Amazon Music, um, any place that you get your podcast, you'll be able to find it, uh, jam98.com as well. Oh, who's on the air? Yes. Myself. Uh, BJ Murphy, of course, uh, Hugo H does the, the lunchtime jam mix. Okay. Um, Angela Stribling, you remember her from BET's video soul. Oh, wow. She does pillow talk. Will Downing, uh, you know who Will Downing yes. is. He does, um, the wind down. Right. Um, a lady named Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker is, she, she is the one that was out there promoting Def Jam. Okay. LL Cool J and all them. So she does uh, a show as well. Uh, Bonnie Deshong. Bonnie Deshong. Here's yeah. the straight hit. Let me just say this. Bonnie Deshong was the person who told me to go into radio. Nice. And now I've had the opportunity to come back and hire her. Not once, but twice. Oh, look at God. So that's full circle. That's first circle. For y'all don't know it. Hugo and Chrissy, our husband and wife. <laughs> Couple. So, yes, please tell us how you met because Hugo didn't want to go into that. So, please tell so, us that. He told his side of whatever. This right. is what happened. He told me that Steve Poindexter didn't want you no more. And he just like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, go ahead. All right. Um, so, me and Tyree had just finished the in store. Tyree Cooper. Tyree Cooper at uh, JR's Records in. Evergreen, right. <laughs> Evergreen Plaza. Plaza. Tyree said, come with me to this party. My boys are there. And I was like, are they cute? Right. And what does a dude say when, when you say, are your guy friends cute? Yeah, we, cute? we don't he know. Just, it. Yeah. He was like, I, I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. They better be cute. And so I get there <laughs> and we go in and it was general persuasion. We go in and the party hadn't started yet. Right. So the first person I meet is Mike Dunn. So I okay. met Mike before I met Hugo. Okay. Like, 
two minutes before I met wow. Hugo, I met Mike. So I go in DJ booth. Tyrese says, this is my my brother, Mike. And I say, hi, how you doing? And then him and Mike start talking. Right. So I excuse myself out of the booth because it's a polite thing to do. Right. And I was raised right. Right. So I, I, I turn a corner <laughs> and it's a table on the dance floor and it's these guys sitting uh, on on the table, right. uh, Last Supper style, if you will. Okay. And at the head of the table is Hugo. So I turn a corner and I look. I'm like, mm. So Tyree came out the booth. I said, "Who was that?" He said, "Who was who?" I said, "Down there," because you know you don't want to point. Right, right, right. Be obvious. Right, right, right. And I said, "Down there." He said, "Oh, that's my brother Hugo." I said, "Introduce me." He said, "No." <laughs> Hell, you mean no? You brought me all out and rode this high right, ass right, right. bus over here. You right, gonna right, tell right. me no? Like, this is what I came you know, for. That's old school you riding know? a bus. Yeah, he was like, no. Right. I was like, okay. So all these years, uh-huh. I was thinking that I was interested in Hugo, and Hugo was not interested in me because now he's smart because right. he sat there and he knew I was checking him out. Right, right, right. And he just sat there. Like, so y'all didn't. He he acted like he didn't even know. I, right. I was standing like, hmm. right, right. <laughs> hmm. uh, hello, hello. If if my inner thoughts were coming out, right. this is what. Hello, right, hello. right, right. Hugo was sitting down at the end of the table, like. Mm. I was like, this mother. Right, right. Yeah, huh? Challenge. Right. So all this time, thinking he ain't paying me no attention. Okay, years later, and when I say years later, I mean just like five years ago, right. I find out, thanks to Tyree, because we at Farley's house, and we talked we talking about uh, me and Hugo meeting. Right. And I said, yeah, you know, and Hugo wasn't paying me any attention at all. And Tyree said, what? I said, yeah, you know, he wasn't interested. Tyree said, no, uh, 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 no, 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 that's not what it was. Because when I walked down there, Hugo said, Ty, who that? Who that? She with you. And and Ty was like, that's my sister. Hugo say, hook me up. Tyree said, no. <laughs> hook yourself up. <laughs> so we did. We hooked ourselves up. Aww. And the thing about it was the physical attraction was first. Right. But then we got to talking and I said I was a DJ, which was not, you know, Hugo was like, eh, okay. Yeah. So the next, I think it was the next day we went downtown we went record shopping okay and so again i had the same interest that he did, he did. we both liked to shop right we went record shopping you know we both liked fashion right so a friendship developed within the relationship yeah then we broke up that's a whole nother story oh, wow. where we bring in tina but th- <laughs> that's a whole nother story but i will tell you this uh, Tina who? Tina Tina Sloan at oh, the okay, time. Okay, all right. We ain't going to get she Tina was, involved. She, she was my best friend. And right. me and Hugo was arguing on the phone. She was like, girl, you don't need him. He's a peasant. And I was like, that's right. It's over. And before I got the phone down, I was like, wait, that's not what I meant to say. <laughs> and we didn't have text pagers and stuff. So I got in a cab and I went all the way to Hugo's house. Dang, Hugo. And I begged him to take me back. We was eight, 18, 19. Right. Begged him to take me back. He was like, no, you broke up with me. I don't take nobody back. No, never, goodbye. Ooh. I was bawling. I was crying. And oh, right. Jesus, I was so depressed. Fast forward 11 years later, uh-huh. Tina takes me 
to the wait. So, so y'all broke up and we went together for eleven years. Went together for eleven years. I got I got married to somebody else. Uh, I had had my daughter, right? And then uh, me and him got divorced. And Tina took me to the warehouse, okay, where Hugo was playing. Wow. And um, she said, so we went up in a DJ booth, and he wasn't there. Um, and so I said, uh, it was, uh, Emmanuel was there. Okay. And so I said, Hey, when Hugo comes, can you tell him that, that I was here? So Hugo comes, Emmanuel says, yeah, there's a chick up here. who's looking for you. So when I come back up, Hugo turned around and I was like this. Right. And he was like this. And here we are today. Wow. Look at that. That's lovely. Yes. Look at God. It, but you know what's funny is both of us being in the same, and I know you want to end this interview, but no, it's fine because she baby speak. It's your it's your um, time. The thing that's funny is that when you are in a relationship yes. with somebody who's a DJ or somebody who's a radio personality, and right. you're not in that um, that industry, right? It can be a little it it. It can be different because yeah. you don't understand Absolutely. why they're doing this Absolutely. or why and how come uh, this girl taking always, it so long or something. Why right. are these girls always in the DJ booth? Right. You, know, you know, all of this. Or why is this guy always calling you on the radio? Right. So it takes a special kind of person. It does. To um to be with us. Yeah. Yeah. And that includes you too, Maurice. Absolutely. Absolutely. It takes a special kind of woman or man to be able to remove yourself and understand that. That person that's out there, it's like Krishna and Hugo got in the car and drove here. Right. But First Lady and Hugo H. got out of the car. Absolutely. So when you're able to separate that, right. you know, uh, that's what that's what makes a difference. Um, because you do have people that they see your happiness yep. and they they don't have it. Or they don't understand it. Yep. And so they want to be messy with it. Absolutely. But for years, people have tried to be messy with us. And you can't do it. Why? Because we ain't about that life. Uh, y'all get a strong bond on Anything here. you say yeah. to, to me about him, I'm going to say, hold that thought. Let me get him on the phone. Right. You know, or not get him on the phone. Because if you see him, you're going to see me. <laughs> exactly. Y'all team, right. Right. So um, I think the best uh, advice because you you're married or you're getting ready to get married, right? Yes. The best advice that I was given came from Tony Hurley, Steve okay. Hurley's Steve wife. Steve Hurley's wife, right. And this was back in 1995. Right. She said, when you all are arguing, leave it in the car. Yep. When you get out, nobody should know you all been arguing. That's right. Best piece of information she ever gave. The information that we give to people is argue. <laughs> often right argue scream shout fight whatever you have to do because that's life yes it and is and then get past it like we'll argue and then i'll say um i'm getting ready to make some food for my right. husband i don't give a damn if you starve yeah. but i'm making something for my husband so let my husband know the food will be ready in right. an hour you know and then he'll do me the same way yeah so um we it it is it it, it is tricky but when I am his biggest fan. When he's playing, I'm the first one on the floor and probably yeah. the last one off because I enjoy what he does. I enjoy watching him play music right. and, and the way he plays influences me. That's good. So I'll, I'll be playing a song and he'll be sitting out there 
And he'll say, so you just going to completely rip the way I beat this song, right? <laughs> right. And I'm like, well, yeah, because to me, this is how you're supposed to beat it. <laughs> right, 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 right. And he's exactly. like, no, that's how I beat it. That's how I feel it. That's yeah. how I convey it. I'm like, yeah, and that's how the right way to do but it. But you know what? That's good that you say that because there are people in, in the house culture that are married and doing the same thing you guys are mm-hmm. doing. And I think it's great that you guys are the head couple to look at to be like, y'all been doing it for 28 years. You know, and there's a method to this madness. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate that. I think the audience is going to love this and uh, take some advice from it. Um, Being uh, put into the Library of Congress for Black Women in Radio, it was uh, 39 of us. uh, The Library of Congress, uh, the radio... Task Force for Preservation of Black Radio. Nice. So it's it's uh, thirty nine of us. Kathy Hughes is one of the, those women. Um, um, uh, oh, it's just it's a bunch of them. So I, I can't even get into all the names. But we went to the Library of Congress. We've been put in there. So our history uh, is going to travel around, and two hundred years from now, people will be able to come back and read my story, my history. So it will include everything, including house music. Right. Um, and then. Uh, from that, we got an invitation to the White House. Right. The White House press secretary, Corinne, uh, Corinne, oh, what is Corinne's last name? Jean Pierre. Okay. First black female. Right. Um, uh, 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 press secretary. She wanted to meet us. Nice. And so while we were in DC, we, we were there. We, we met with her. She's wonderful. And we were all taking a picture. And I said, Hi, my name is First Lady. And she said, I know you. Ooh. And you won a Billboard Award and you blah, blah, blah. Right, and right. I'm like, This is the freaking White House press secretary. Right, 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 right. And she read my bio. Wow. Stop. Right. So, you know, that was. Uh, That's that was big great. time. Yeah, it was a big that time. That is big time. And as a result of that, I'm now doing interviews with, like, uh, day before yesterday, I did an interview with the Secretary of the U.S. Department of Education. Right. Um, with the Secretary. Uh, Secretary of Homeland, uh, Homeland, uh, Homeland Security, Security yeah. and uh, the chief economist from the White House. So I'm now a White House correspondent for black media. So that is amazing. We'll be going for the uh, Christmas party at the White House. Yeah. So it's, you know, nice. and all of this, because Bonnie DeShong said, you already got your foot in the door thanks to Farley, right. which is thanks to Steve Poindexter. Right. You already got your... your your foot in the door, thanks yeah. to Lee Michaels, yeah. you might as well go ahead and carry it out. Like I said, it set me up That's for something good. that would pivot my whole life. Amen to that. All right. Now I'm done. Well, we've done, y'all. Once again, thank you for tuning in for Everything <laughs> House Music and More. I love you. Thank you so much. Talk to you later. <laughs>